Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. It's wonderful to see you all here this morning. My name is Alicia, if I haven't met you, and how incredible to see so many here on this amazing Sunday. So good. How good was the key change in Shout to the Lord? Now, unless you're as old as me, you don't even know that song. But that took me all the way back. All the way back. Do you know, Mark and I have been in this church since 2000. 21 years together in this beautiful church. And I had been sneaking into church for a couple of years before that. So potentially, if I'm really honest... I have probably been coming to this church for nearly 25 years. And today we celebrate so many people who have served this church in so many ways and built the community that we have today. And we look back over 26 years and I marvel at the journey that God has taken us on. Over the the thousands of lives that, that he has touched as we've gone through it and the ministry of this church and what it's been able to do and who it's been able to reach over this time, including me, a young girl at university. And this church was present to give me an opportunity to experience God again. My life has changed because of this church. This church provided me a place where I could find God again. And this church has an anointing for faith. And this church has taught me what it is to believe God, how to say yes and amen, and then how to act on it. And I'd never experienced anything like it. When Mark and I first became involved, I'd never experienced anything like it. In fact, I don't think there would have been any other church. I grew up in church. And so I'd done church and I'd walked away from it. But this church gave me an opportunity to find God again because it was so different. And Mark and I walked in and Mark had a meeting with Lucas fairly early on as he'd first given his life to Jesus. And Lucas said, Mark, what's your dream? And Mark said, to ride mountain bikes for Australia. And Lucas turned around to Mark and he said, well, what are you doing here? (laughs) And that was the catalyst for the start of Mark's dream. And we spent a number of years until, and two years overseas until Mark realised that dream and represented Australia at the World Championships. But that encouragement, that atmosphere that we walked into, in fact, it was a bit too strong, Lucas, sorry, because Mark is still riding mountain bikes 20 years later. In fact, he won a national gold medal this week <laughs> in the Masters category. I won't tell you how old he is. But it was that atmosphere that we stepped into, that God's intention for your life is to live life to the full, that you would experience God in supernatural ways and you would live a life where the miraculous God turns up in the everyday. And I remember this church. I remember my leaders and my connect groups taught Mark and I the Word of God. And it gave us the opportunity to live our lives in accordance with His Word. And I remember learning the the revelation of Malachi 3 where it says, test God in bringing your tithes into the storehouse and see that he won't break out the blessing, the the windows of heaven over your life. I remember our first building, well, actually it was our second building fund and we pledged $8,500. 
I had never done anything like that in my life. I thought that was the most weirdest thing you could possibly ever do. But at the time, God had given us a word about a hundredfold, which Kristen mentioned this morning. And guess what? That year, we sold a house for $850,000, which broke the record in that suburb. This, that's what God teaches us, how to act on his word and believe it. I remember walking up in an altar call in this church and being prayed for for the healing of migraines, and I have never had another migraine in my life. So yes and amen, that's the series that we're in right now. And what a series to celebrate 25 plus one years of C3 Hobart. What a testimony of 26 years of teaching people the word of God and helping them stand on that truth, walk on that truth and experience God. So this morning I want to open with a scripture and I'm going to pick a scripture about Abraham and then we are going to hear from our founding pastors Lucas and Annie Giacometti with our senior pastor, Sean White, today. Uh, And then I'm going to bring this party home. Does that sound okay? (laughs) All right. In Genesis chapter 15, it says this. Verse 15, it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. A promise from God. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him outside and he said, look up to the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham, who was known as Abram, at that point in his life, did something extraordinary. At a point in his life where it all seemed absolutely impossible. He was old. His wife was old. They were childless. But God gives him a word that they would have a child. And not only that, but his offspring, the family inheritance, would be greater than the number of stars in the sky. And verse 6 simply says this, that Abram believed God. God. He simply believed, not in himself, but that God would do what he said he would do. And centuries later, long after Abraham's life on earth, the Apostle Paul reflects on Abraham. And in Romans 4, he says, what does the scripture say? That Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. This series, Yes and Amen comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It means yes. It means that we believe God's word and his promises are true. Yes, they are true. End of story. And amen means I agree with that truth. That yes, 
I agree and I act out in accordance with that truth. This church will encourage you to move. This church will encourage you as you learn the Word of God, as you discover the promises in the Word and you step out in agreement on that Word. And if you've never done that before, can I encourage you today, start, try it, experience the miraculous power of God in your everyday life. Our founding pastors, Lucas and Annie Giacometti, did that. 26 years ago from Sydney, they put their action in agreement with a word from God and they came to establish C3 Hobart. So I can think of nothing better than to hear from them this morning. What do you think? Yeah? And as we welcome Pastor Sean to come and interview our founding pastors, Lucas and Annie Giacometti, there's a video here for us to reminisce on the past 26 years. Pastors Lucas and Annie Giacometti first came to Hobart in 1995 in March and they started uh, Christian City Church Hobart in the back rooms of the Peacock Theatre in Salamanca. My wife Jane and I later that year um, attended the church at Centre for the Arts building in Hunter Street, Hobart and we've never left. Every week there was an army of people that would come in, they would unpack, uh, set up then pack down and pack up and move out again and that army of people helped create a sense of community at Christian City Church which is still with us today. And so out of a really strong desire to you know have our own church building we were able to get the money together and we came we were able to purchase our very first building right in the heart of the city centre which is 69 Liverpool Street. And it was a great time of, of establishing um, ministry, new ministries and teams and leaders that were starting to lead teams. It was such an incredible, quick um, place of growth and expansion. And, um, and in that time, we, we, we were greeting these incredibly brand new people into the church as well. Including and, me. And I was about to say... Yeah. Sharon. Yep, that's when I young started whip, coming. Young whippersnapper yep. that she was in those days. Walked in at about 18 or so into that building and um, I just remember being just blown away really by this church mm. and the people. Mm. You know, I pretty much from, you know, very early on gave my whole kind of heart into that vision and, sure and behind the church and still there. Yes. Still here. Yes. And um, yeah, I just can't believe the journey that I got I got to be on. So good, wasn't it? Wasn't it so much fun? Just so much yeah, fun. So Colourful much fun. and just crazy. Just remember, crazy times. What about the bags that we had, the tithing bags? How about We've those? still been using those. <laughs> Actually, I think we got rid of them. Cope, thank you, COVID. <laughs> so our vision continued to grow and we outdid our existing Liverpool Street property. So we did something incredible and bought the iconic ABC Odeon Theatre. Do you remember that? Oh, it was massive at the time. It came on the market and we dared to believe. And the, the vision was there and so we purchased it. So it had about a thousand red seats and for those that can remember the flip seats, we moved up there and I can remember carrying pretty much a lot of stuff from the from one Liverpool Street location to the next one, including some pretty heavy stuff from memory. Yeah, the front bench counter, beautiful handmade thing, came with us for many years and it was certainly a highlight carrying that up the street. 
So we were there for about 10 years and we saw some incredible things. We had women's conferences, men's conferences, our beautiful worship team up on the big stage. And I think we had some pretty amazing events. Yeah, we certainly had our wedding there. So that oh, was a yes, highlight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Christmas at the Odeon first came about there. And I think uh, there was a few events that we had were probably over a thousand people there, which was a massive production that Sharon did and uh, worked for us. And I think it was the birthing of some incredibly good stars out of that particular show. But we had a wonderful time there at the Odeon. The church continued to grow and the story continued. So we took our biggest and craziest step of faith and we found this warehouse over this little bridge over the rivulet out of the city. And it used to hold beer and whiskey and we renovated it and it's become home. Which is super crazy when I reflect upon it now. We bought land with a warehouse and we designed it. Then we decided, well, more than that, let's do our own renovation. We started the whole demolition process ourselves, got some competent builders along the way, brought it all together into this amazing facility that you see here today. Pastor Phil came down from Oxford Falls and he did that live painting of the canvas of Jesus out in the atrium uh, that most of us would have seen coming in the doors. And from there, we called it home in 2011. And it is fair to say, every time we drive in the doors, we truly acknowledge that this is a moment where God has provided something more than what we could ever hope or dream or imagine. And this, this is our home to do life together. It's amazing to see the fruit that's occurred from what's happened in this building and, and really the dreams come to pass that we've, that we've had for this place. Yeah, it's so true. We have seen countless baptisms, people give their lives to Christ, incredible pastoral journeys true. over this time. And that's the spiritual side of things which is most important to us. Yeah. Then we have what we see in this amazing facility. Uh, so much happens. We have hundreds of people from our community using our facility every week from the cafe and coffees going left, right and centre, uh, the playground. We've got kids of all shapes and sizes. And yeah. then, you know, the convention centre. I mean, what's the go yeah, with that? The convention centre is amazing. So many different size <laughs> organisations that utilise this place. Yeah. On top of that, we have playgroup that runs during the week where mums and dads and carers can come. Um, and just join a great a great community there. Um, but one of the great things I think we have a non-for-profit hub as well that enables our non-for-profits that do so much around our community um, to be able to use this facility at a, at a reduced rate. Mm, and you know that's just the beginning just to name Indeed. a few Steve. Which takes us to 2017 where um, Pastor Sean and Morella first became the new senior ministers of the church. They moved from the Middle East to Hobart and they had no idea what God had installed for them. Um, they stepped into big shoes and it led the church with grace, purpose and outstanding mm. leadership. Um, in the last five years, many people have joined us on this journey and we have seen new growth in ministry like we had C3 Huon Valley we started two services we had Minga in the middle C3 Cares but to serve and the uh, and seasonal connection point 
But more importantly, as Pastor Sean and Morella will always say, it's all about walking, walking the, the journey. And now here we are. One church, two locations, here in South Hobart and in the beautiful Huon Valley. Our vision is to reach people on a journey to faith and build strong followers of Christ. This hasn't changed over the last 25 years, plus 12 months, and it won't change in the next 25 years because that's what the, the Bible tells us to do, was to go into all the world and to reach people and yep. to help make them disciples. And so that's what we're aiming to do. And that's what we want to be known for in this yes. church. And we stand on, on the, the work of so many people yeah. who have gone before us over the last 25 years. You know, those people that have have uh, served on our front door, who have yeah. helped in our car uh -huh. park, who have worked on our worship teams. And we're so thankful for yes. that. So we are blessed to be able to lead the church now. And we're so looking forward as to what's ahead. So God bless and let's celebrate 25 Woo! years Bring plus it. 12 months. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, it's great to do this. It's great to see everybody here. And I just, uh, before I, I get down and just have a bit of a chat with Lucas and Annie, uh, what a privilege it is that I see today is just as important as day one. Because for some people today, it might be their very first day coming into church. Or today, it may be your very first day of coming back to church. And so I want to say that today is just as important as it is on the birthing. I was thinking of that song written by Darlene, that was released in 1995, somewhere around there. She wrote it in 93, but released it around 95. And I remember watching the video there of Jeff Bullock playing uh, the keys in the background there and some of the weird... Man, girls had big hair in the 90s. I'm just saying, it was boofy hair. But I, I thought to myself, I wonder whether when Darlene wrote that song, whether she would actually believe in her heart that 26 years later, in a converted beer warehouse led by a 22-year-old girl from Sydney with a 16-year-old drummer, with a guy playing keys from Sierra Leone who has planted his family in a church, whether, they would whether she would have believed that it is as powerful today, the words, as what it was when they sung that 26 years ago. And that's what we feel for the church here, is today is another step on our journey. We celebrate it, we do those things, we have a, we have a laugh and we, we celebrate those things. But today is, is another day that we do, celebrating the journey of what is the church, which is Christ's bride. And so with that, I thought, what better opportunity than to be able to interview and have a chat with Lucas and Annie. And uh, I've got to say though, watching that video, does it kind of make us feel a little bit old though? Watching some of those, first up. Tell me about that, Sean. Well, you tell me about that. Actually, actually, Sean, just to clarify a comment that Alicia made, is I, I had no prophetic word for Mark at all. I just told him to get on his bike. Yeah, exactly. And, and he hasn't stopped ever since. Exactly. But with Shout to the Lord, just a moment. So when Olivia was four, she um, got bitten by a paralysis tick. Oh. And we raced her to the doctor paralysed. A couple of days later, we went back to the doctor for a checkup, and Olivia picked up a stapler off his desk and pretended it was a microphone while he was out tending to someone else, stood up on the steps leading up to the doctor's bed, st stood there with the stapler and sang, shout to the Lord. Come on. The doctor came back in 
and um, he said to Marcus and Liberty, is she normally like this? And they're like, yeah. And she went on to tell him all about church and invite him to church. And he said, oh, I'm not sure. She said, oh, maybe you don't have a car. She said, my dad will come pick you up. Awesome. (laughs) You know, 26 years later, I shared this a few weeks ago, 26 years later, I've been having some trouble with my throat. And so I had to have a scope done on my throat. And uh, the the doctor who was looking at it uh, asked me what I did as a profession. So I sent them, 26 years later, the technology, I sent them our YouTube channel. And so for the first 15 minutes of of, uh, my appointment, which hopefully she didn't charge me for, but for the first 15 minutes of my appointment, she asked all about the message. Isn't it amazing that 26 years later, whether it's using a stapler, whether it's using the technology of what we have now, we can share the gospel with those on the outside. Amazing. That's amazing. Annie, I want to direct this first question to you. Speak to us about, uh, you're both from Sydney, speak to us about the lead up of coming to Hobart and, and did you have fears at the start? And how did your faith overcome those fears? So for me, the vision was so clear. Um, and God was very smart that he gave me the vision first because he got it established well and truly in me before I even mentioned a word to Lucas because Lucas is the one who will make things happen. Mm. Um, so... I, it was it was sovereign. It was really sovereign um, how God gave me the vision and all the confirmations along the way. Um, we came and spied out the land and it was all very, 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 very clear. We'd sold our home. There was miracle after miracle after miracle. And then one day, my darling dad rang. It was a Sunday afternoon and I answered the phone And my dad said, hi, darling. He said, there's a southerly buster on the way. And I said, is there, dad? So my dad lived down the south of Sydney and we lived on the northern beaches. And he, in Sydney, very hot day, he would ring and tell me when the southerly buster was on its way. And I just said, oh, is it, dad? Oh, oh, thanks, Dad. I'll, I'll have to call you back. And I went to Lucas and I said, honey, can I go for a walk on the beach? And the sound of my dad's voice triggered something in me and I said, I can't do this. I can't leave Sydney. I can't leave my darling family. I can't leave my beautiful church. I can't leave my beautiful school that my kids are at. I can't do it. So I went, walked across the road to the beach and I called out to God and I said, I'm really sorry. I know we've come this far and I know and I know and I know. And I just talked and talked and talked all the way to Collaroy, telling God all the reasons why I was very sorry. I couldn't do it. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. You know, we just can't do it. And I just felt this impression that it was too late, that I was already pregnant. And I just thought about Mary. And when the Holy Spirit came upon her, she conceived of the Holy Spirit. And I had conceived a vision for Tasmania. And it was too late. So I walked all the way back from Collaroy with the joy back. It was as simple as that. Because once the seed was in me, it was too late. So good. So good. Lucas, let me direct this one to you. Let's, let's be honest, 21 years uh, is a long time. It's a journey. 
What kept you motivated over the course of the journey? Well, when, when the Holy Spirit um, actually uh, impregnates you or when you get a vision from God, he puts everything that is necessary within that seed for it to actually take part, uh, you know, to come to pass. So I think whether you're having a good time or a bad time, it makes very little difference because there is some resource within you to be able to give you the capacity to actually overcome mm. anything that is going to come up. Mm. And you never, I don't think that you're ever um, prepared for that moment before it actually comes. Mm. But you actually got to wait until that comes and then you're able to draw on the resource that he actually put back right back in the beginning. Wow. So I think the two things that really are, to answer your question, uh, that are very clear on that is, number one is that it was always about the people. Mm. You know, so when we moved here, it's not so much about a location, although location is very important in a dream, but it's all about the people. And we met these crazy uh, people and... Uh, you know, they were so much more junior than we were. And, um, you know, many of them just out of university and things like that. So, and then we had the privilege of marrying them and baptizing them and seeing their kids come. So, you, you know, all of those happy thoughts, plus also some of the, you know, the, the times where you're really pushing, um, are all in that first seed. Yeah. So, any, when the waves come crashing... The disciples are in the boat. When the waves come crashing, do you just want to wake up Jesus? It's like, Jesus, what have you done? I mean, what are we? We're five years in. We're seven years in. You know, I could have got out of this. or You know, I could have done this. Do you just feel like shaking Jesus and saying, what are you doing? You're sleeping at the wheel while we're trying to run your church? Well, I think when you say, you know, you're shaking Jesus, I think me shake. If, when I got to that point of shaking Jesus meant I was awake. So I think it was always more about waking me up than waking him up. Yeah. Um, because there were some terrible times. There was mainly wonderful times. Mm. But the terrible times, I think, was when we forgot the... or I forgot the enormity of what we were doing. Mm. And so, I mean, we were breaking new ground for Tasmania... Mm. And there's a very real enemy of our souls. And so I think whenever I got a bit sleepy and wasn't in here early in the morning storming the auditorium, whichever auditorium it was, um, yeah, I think me waking up was always the key and just remembering this is enormous what we are doing and there is a very real Jesus and there is a very real Holy Spirit and the seed within us is all there. We can do this. But I had to be awake to lay hold of that. I want to stick with you, Annie, for just a moment more. Because you shared something with me that even when I just read it as we were preparing beforehand, uh, brought a lump to me. And I'm talking about the moments when you felt the most alive. And you talked about someone coming forward onto the altar. Is that what was made it all worth it? It's not fair. Tell me about the lump in your throat. Um, 
I gave one name as an example, but there's another name that's very significant as well. Um, and the, the one that ca came to mind first um, is the day that David Van G walked forward on an altar call. And it was like, I can go home and be with Jesus now. Um, the whole church over many, many years had prayed for him and prayed for their beautiful family and, you know, stood with Joanne and the kids and we loved this man. <laughs> we just loved him and we, the prayer was always that he would see Jesus and he hit a crisis point and he saw Jesus and he came out the front and there were so many people out the front with him, standing with him and crying with him. And, um, you know, David said to Lucas later, he said, um, oh, I felt like I needed to come and clean the auditorium afterwards because I cried so much and there was just so much falling off me. I felt like I needed to come and clean. Yeah, he said black, black mm. tears yeah. were falling out of him. Yeah. And he said, I think I have to come and clean it all up. You know. And David is one of the most beautiful people you'll ever meet and the most incredible servant in this house. And so it's no, it's no coincidence, Annie. I, I actually looked down. I wasn't sure where he was. And, I, and I, I, of course, I should have realised he's serving at the back of the church. Yeah. He's, he's standing at the back yeah. of the church serving. He's yeah. been here since 7.30 this morning as service coordinator. Yeah, yeah. The other person that it was really significant for me, at the time I knew it was significant, but I didn't know why, um, was the day that Steve Black gave his heart to the Lord and that was the first time he'd been in our church and he came out on an altar call and I prayed for him and I met him and Bernie and um, Damo and Bay after the service and the conversation that we had is still really clear in my mind um, and they didn't realise and I didn't realise what I was saying but I knew that this beautiful, beautiful young family um, were going to be pastors in this church. Wow. But they lived in Bendigo or Ballarat or somewhere. Yeah, some Victorian place. Yeah, they were here on holidays. <laughs> and um, and here we are all these years so later. Beautiful. Flynn joined the troop and, yeah, a ministry family was birthed that and day. here he is up serving, playing the drums. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably better than his brother. Don't tell his brother that. <laughs> there are so many people like yeah. that. I mean, as I look around, I mean, to single out a, a single person is, you know, Mark getting saved and, you know... I just saw Kevin Hickey. He's another yeah, I know. One. And it's sort of like, you know, you can't even begin to sort of touch on the people yeah. that have been impacted mm. uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the in, in C3 Hope. So let, let me finish up, Lucas, with the last question. We could go all day, but we wanted to honour your time with it. And I want to finish up with a question to you, Lucas, with this, because um, we deliberately asked Kristen to open the service today uh, as, a, as a, a son who came, you know, he's a, he's a baby when he's in this place, when he first came in, and his parents are now at C3 Wynyard and have done an incredible job, and we just celebrated with them 20, 20 years ago maybe last year, two years ago, we celebrated 20 years with them. Today, at 2.30, we celebrate two years in the Huon Valley. Yeah. 
We're going to be having a party down in the Huon Valley. We get to do this all over again at, at 2.30 down in the Huon Valley. You're all most welcome. We celebrate that two years. We're running different services. We run a midweek service. We, as I said, with technology now, we go online to hundreds and hundreds, of, and hundreds of people a week that we know we've heard testimonies from who have given their life to Christ by watching a TV screen on a YouTube. Lucas, just in a, just a few minutes closing of this, your prayers and dreams for C3 Hobart moving forward. It, it's all about... Um, the, the building is kind of here now and the facilities are here now. Um, I think it's about the people. It always comes back down to the people again and um, that's where Annie and I, at the very beginning, we sort of laid our life down for the people and I think that the dream moving forward is, you know, many times that you're... Um, it, well, it, it still remains just, you know, about the people. I had a chat to Pastor Phil... Um, this week and um, he said oh that Pastor Sean oh he's a fantastic bloke isn't he and, and I said yeah Sean and Morella are absolutely incredible so it is just it, it says a lot when the head of a movement actually says that the, the person that we pass the baton on to is well and truly up to the task and so the vision that Annie and I started with to birth a vision is actually in very good, capable hands to maintain and take the vision into the future. Beautiful. Yeah. In, just before you go, Lucas, in, in conclusion, just to this little part, and I'm going to ask Alicia to come back up and just sort of finish with us and the team as well. I guess on behalf of Morale and I, we just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you to every single person who sat in a red chair. To Simon Williams, who for 23 and a half years has been an attendant on the door. To every person who has welcomed at the front door. To every person who has prayed for people, has taken up an offering bag, which we don't even do anymore. <laughs> to every single person who came in here and sweat tears and blood, and, but it had to come from a vision that was birthed. And so from Raul and I, on behalf of the church, we want to say thank you for doing that. And we pray that our legacy will be is that we can move on to the next people in time to come and that we will see more generations come through and that, yeah, we've got this building, but maybe this building mightn't be big enough for what God's got planned. So God bless church. Thank you so much to Lucas and Annie for sharing that. I just want to finish off the message this morning is as we, I guess, use this time to really reflect on all of our journeys. I really love the fact that this church is honest, it's vulnerable, it's true about some of the journeys that we face. And I found it fascinating that while I love the verse about Abraham being the father of faith and how he didn't waver in his faith the whole time. But that part that I read in Romans 4 is kind of like a summary of Abraham's achievements without telling the full story. You see, Abraham's journey wasn't perfect. He didn't just believe God and have everything perfect. That was just the best bit. 
But he did more than that. He lied about who his wife was. He had a, an affair with one of his servants. I mean, life and our journeys get pretty messy, hey? And we sometimes want to leave the bits out of our journey that don't fit. We want to just give the summary on a celebration like today, or if you look at your life today, we just want to look back and, and give people the highlight reel of, of all the best bits. And here's what I realised, that Abraham's life wasn't defined by the bits where he stuffed up. Romans and Paul, the Apostle Paul, remembered Abraham by the best bits because his life was defined by the faith that he had in God, despite the times that he messed up. And at Connect Group the other night, we discussed a powerful question. And the question was, what stops you Standing on a promise of God or acting on a promise of God. So you can know the truth, you can agree with the truth, but actually do nothing about it. So what stops us? And as I pondered that question, I realised that probably in my journey, this is what you see today, but you didn't see the hungover Alicia Uni student that used to stagger in and sit right in the back corner, <laughs> disappear before anyone could see her. I realised that the thing that stops me most in my faith journey is when I haven't seen God act when I was believing for a miracle or when something has or hasn't happened when I expected something to be different. And if I'm really honest, there's been times where I felt like sometimes God's promises were like a lottery. One for you, none for you, one for you, none for you. And as I've walked those journeys, the deepest challenges for me has been not to turn off my faith in that area. Now, I remember listening to a message by Bill Johnson. He said, my son is deaf. He prays for people who are deaf and their hearing is restored, but he's still deaf. And if we all want to be really honest about the promises of God and the reality of the human journey that we all walk, it's these times that we wrestle with God the most. But here's what I've learnt. After 25 years, is that I can stand before God in the tension that I don't need to turn away from him because of the journey that I've walked, but I can stand before him holding things that don't appear to reconcile. And what I found is that my faith is stronger and deeper when I can stand before God and wrestle with the tension and still yet believe that what he says is true and that I will stand and agree and act in accordance with that truth. And I have learned to not base my faith on what I have seen or what I know. And despite all of that, I have learned to stay in the place where I can say, yes, God, I agree. And I know that you will do what you say you will do into the future. And this is the basis for a deep and lasting and sustained relationship with God. 
Paul says in Philippians 3, he reflects on his journey from Saul, who was killing Christians, all the way through to becoming an apostle for Jesus Christ. And he says this, he says, I want to know Jesus and I want to experience his mighty power. I haven't already achieved it. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Paul understood that life wasn't perfect. He understood on his journey... He still hadn't achieved the type of faith and the type of relationship with Jesus that he wanted to. And I felt like that. I felt like sometimes that my journey hasn't been in God what I wanted it to be. I've given up, I've quit, I've shut God out, I've wandered off, I've struggled to believe and I've questioned. But here's the thing, God can handle that. And even greater than God handling your journey, he actually uses your journey because it's that bit that's part of your growth. It's that bit that's the pruning. It's that bit that's the stretching. It's that bit that's the growing and the refining. It was all part of the development of the faith that you see today. You see, whatever I don't have, that's where his grace and power is made perfect in my weakness. Yes, God, your word is true. And yes, I agree with it. And despite my yesterdays, today I agree with your word. Today I agree with your promises. Today I press on to take a hold of what Christ Jesus took a hold for me for. Today I look forward. Today I can hold the tension between what I know, what I've experienced and what I felt the faith is that I'm called to have. And when I get that bit sorted out on the depth of my spirit, I'm ready for the next 25 years. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because I know that what God has had on my life, his hand beside me and on me and around me, will be the same hand that leads me for the next 25 years. And the same is true for you. That despite whatever journey you've walked to this point, the next 25 years are going to be amazing. The story of C3 Hobart isn't finished. The first paragraph was written with Annie and Lucas and their beautiful family. And through that story, we met so many amazing characters and we changed the set of the story between Odeon Theatres and and Liverpool Street and and here we are in C3 South Hobart and we've got the Huon Valley. The set changes, the character changes and then we had Pastor Sean and Pastor Morella join the story at some other chapter. But what chapters to come? What chapters are we going to write into the future? What lives are going to be different? What chapter can you write in the next part of your story? And as I finish, I just want to leave you with this scripture. In 2 Peter chapter 1, it says this. It says, I, Simon Peter, am a servant of the apostle of Jesus Christ, and I write this to you whose experience with God is as life-changing as ours. Listen, our Our belief, our dream for you is that you would experience life-changing moments in God. Life-changing moments. 
all due to God's straight dealing and the intervention of our God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you many times over as you deepen your experience with God and Jesus, our Master. It's about a relationship. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. It's the best invitation we've ever received. You were given a gift. And we were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you. Your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. So don't lose a minute. on building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, generous love with every dimension fitting into and developing the others. Don't be scared of what the journey is going to do in your life. It's going to grow some amazing attributes in you. With these qualities active and growing in your life, here's the promise, no grass will grow under your feet. You will move. You will move. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. Oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. So friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life, promise, on a firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our Master and Saviour, Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's just stand up. I'm going to pray. God... So we stand here this morning in your presence. You have taken every person here. From the moment they started their journey to today. And you have plans for them as they move in to the years ahead of them. This morning, in Jesus' name, I prophesy great days ahead over every person in this church. I prophesy that grass will not grow under your feet, that you will move forward towards what God has called you to do, that he has built within you and given you seeds that will flourish and grow, that he has given you the capacity to face the days ahead with joy in your heart and hope in your life, that you will face the days knowing that he has pathed a way ahead of you. And I prophesy that this church will continue to do what God called it to do, that Tasmania will be set up on fire for Jesus Christ, that we would see lives restored, that we'll see people meet Jesus, that we'll see hurts uh, healed, that we'll see uh, things break off people's lives, that the, the state of Tasmania will come to life because we have people serving an amazing God. Jesus, we thank you that you have been with us and you will continue to lead us forward. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message, or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.